Hi everyone, I'm Clary. Hello everyone, I am Bree. And this is CSI Talk. I hope you had a wonderful day or or night, whatever, whenever you're listening to this. Pride Month, so happy Pride. We're just going to keep saying happy Pride throughout June, okay? Whatever, man. We're just going to be doing it because we're allies, okay? Yep. Uh, before we get into today's episode, just want to let you know that this is a safe space for everyone. Sophia Curtis, the CSI intern detective. She okay, so here we go. She was before she uh started working with the OG6, she was the day shift assistant supervisor. But what happened was in the case that Grissom was testifying at, he was presented with one of the evidence. And then he realized there was a new prince that was in there when he, when he, when he had to go through the scene, and that made actually question his role as a supervisor. Uh, that's actually an episode oh. where Sarah tells him that the only reason why Grissom doesn't have Echo's job is because he doesn't kiss ass, which is like and- that's so powerful. And honestly, Eckley probably always questioned Grissom's abilities as a supervisor until Nick was kidnapped. Yeah. Look, I'm going to say something about Eckley that I completely forgot. Oh, he was trying to, he broke the team apart. So he put Catherine, Nick, and Warwick together. Catherine as their supervisor on swing. And then they, then he left Sarah with Grissom, and he demoted. He demoted Sophia. Why? Because she took Grissom's side. Exactly. And also, he only put Sophia there because of in retaliation, of course, and also he literally told Grissom, "Whoa." Sanders is is turning into a CSI, huh? Yeah, so you're gonna have to train a CSI at the same time that you're only gonna have one CSI to work with you. Good, right? Love to see it. And well, Sophia just got into the mix and they didn't take her well. No, Sarah didn't take her well. Well, Greg Sarah, Sarah was having a phase. Grissom and Greg didn't care. Sarah was going through some things, okay? She was going through a hard period. And... Yeah, she was going through a hard period. And Sophia just wanted to be liked. 
Yeah, but I, I but think so. no matter who they put in, if they were walked underneath Eckley, at least one person from that team would not have liked them, no matter who they put in. Exactly. Even if it was somebody who may have gone out with drinks with them once or twice, once they got into the same team, after everything Eckley did, at least one person now liked, even if, let's say, Okay, we meet a we meet a CSI later on called Sean Murray. At least I think that's his name. That just might be the actor's name. But he was sweet. And people did not like him because he was sweet. So there was this always kind of rivalry between night and sweet and night and day. I, I, I think that ends when Max becomes the head of Which is good. Which is yes. good because I think Max re I think Max realized that didn't really help them solve crimes, that it just made it turn into that just made the whole lab into a hostile environment in which like they were always fighting against each other. Like it was the night shift versus the swing shift versus the, the day shift. <laughs> Technically, they were working on the same team, which is to solve crimes with the goal of solving crimes. But there was this rift in all of them. And, you know, as much as I hate what Eckley did to the to the team. It was really nice to see their new dynamic. Yep. Because I mean, GSR fan knows that like that forced Grissom and Sarah to spend more time together than they usually did because Greg couldn't go on scenes all by himself because he wasn't fully a CSI ad. And he really saw Grissom defending his team. Yeah. And we actually, let's get back to Sophia. Yeah. So. But we actually first meet her while she is assistant slash starting to be the temp temp supervisor when Eckley become officially becomes the head of the lab. Well, assistant director, I should say, not the head head. And. She weirds Grissom out because she's talking to herself through the scene. Which, honestly, who doesn't talk to himself? I think even Grissom talks to himself without realizing. Yeah. He, and of course, when she actually starts talking to him, she ignores, he ignores her. <laughs> which is so Grissom. Yeah. Oh. Oh my god, can I just say this? Oh, seriously. If there is one unnecessary scene in CSI, is Grissom and Brass looking at Sophia undressing slash dressing into the CSI jumper, like... Why is that sin there? Because he's male. I know. 
And this show is written by males. Well, at least was and still I is. I know, I know, but I just. <sighs> this wouldn't happen now. I know this wouldn't. E I, still... I mean, it would, but. It wouldn't be as obvious. Yeah. There is this whole sequence, and there is like this lightning thing going on. Uh, I just, I cannot even, you know, Sophia is already one of the few women working in a very male-dominated, very male-dominated, um, industry. At the time. At the time, at least, so. Well, she comes from a line of cops. Yeah. So she was the first CSI in her family. And she was she was introduced in season five. Did we set the no she we didn't set the timeline, right? She she first showed up in season five. And there until until after Sarah saved is saved and then she comes back for an episode in season 11 i think yeah season 11 Catherine yeah. is still there and so was raised or season 11. she is there when when nick got kidnapped but we don't see her at all in that episode well yeah in that episode that i mean that full episode is more than one hour episode is just it's hard for me to watch because I'm claustrophobic and that's one of my biggest fears is to be buried alive. So I just, but Georgie gave a hell of a performance. Well, he, Sophia, she wanted to leave the, the lab, but Grissom convinced her otherwise because they were friends and in season six she, she becomes a cop what she always wanted to do she was just about to become a cop before her papers got drawn up to go to the lab you know I love there's this one episode I can't remember the episode but she and Sarah are walking in the hallway and then Sarah is talking to her about Kate and then Sophia asks her, asks Sarah a question, and then Sarah's like, "You're a detective. Go detect." <laughs> uh, the thing that's funny. So, okay, so Sophia and Braz are the main they, cop, season six. Yeah. And the thing is, the this two-part episode in which Sophia and Brass are the main suspects in the shootout called in the episode two-part episode called A Bullet Runs Through It which should really be called Brass and Sophia really goes through it no because no A Bullet Runs Through It fits perfectly because 
bullet through the cop cars, bullet through a bunch of different people's bodies, bullet through a yeah, house. I, I know, I know, but I'm just, I'm just talking about the fact that they have to really be interviewed and they just go into this kind of like, um, Sophia is going through a full-blown anxiety attack at that point. Because nobody can tell her anything, not even her family, and because her family worked at PD. And yep. that was that was really the worst. I mean, even like when Sophia sneaks into the lab to try and talk to Grissom and, and Sarah just kind of like fights with her. And there is a deleted scene from that episode in which I'm Sarah and Grissom have the first fight because at that point they were already together and they had okay, a fight. It's, no, it's there is no there isn't because I own the box set. If it was a deleted scene, it would be included in the box set. Well, I've heard a rumor that there's a after Sophia left. That's maybe, a fan fiction. That's it. Well, yeah, it should have been a deleted scene, to be honest. Well, but I I feel for Sophia in that episode. I really feel for her because she had nobody. She was demoted, working with a team that was already formed. So she and was broken up. And one of her coworkers resented her. And then when she finally became a detective. That happened. And there's another episode in season six called Werewolves. Well, Sarah is unreachable for three hours. And Sophia ends up, because they found out where the call came from. This really dates a lot of people. I know, I've I seen only a few of these in real life because, you know, I live in a pedestrian event. Nirvana and I grew up really in the age where people have cell phones on them, but it was a payphone booth. Or a phone call box. So I'm really into British Bowl, so I really know it's a phone call box. And there was a bunch of hair on the ground. So Sophia tries to collect some of the evidence. She messes up because she has been CSI in over a year. And when Sarah gets to the to the scene, quote unquote scene. Sophia is true, not a toothpick. You know, I I understand that she was a bit rusty because she had been a detective at this point, but that episode in which Jack runs over Demetrius James and he only runs over Demetrius James because Grissom put him to answer Sophia's call to secure an evidence. And every single time I watched that episode, Sophia was literally a CSI. She could have collected that thing. Because, well, like, in real life, cops actually do collect some of the stuff. And they just get it to the lab. Well, but in the bullets run, run through it, Brass ended up being the accidental shooter. And I, Sarah felt guilty with how she treated Sarah when she figured out it was Brass. You could see it in her face. Yeah, and I think Brass really thought it was her. 
And I, I love how they, how Brass and Sophia developed this dynamic, this friendship dynamic. It wasn't even like daughter and, and, and father like Brass has with Sarah. It was more like distant cousins. Yeah. Um, also, okay, so we go to season seven. Well, we know we all know what happens in season seven, you know, miniature killer and all of that. But Sophia feels really bad because, like, there's this episode in which they found out that the crime hasn't happened yet. So they put a cop on the cover, but this cop ended up dying of, of and carbon monoxide cop, yeah of carbon monoxide poisoning and she feels responsible the episode is called monster in a box she feels responsible for the cop's death even though she didn't know and and grissom tells her exactly that there's no way you could have known that 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 officer was going to die because that bomb was said to happen at any moment and that box sat on Grissom's desk for over a month. Mm-hmm. Like, technically, Sarah could have found a way to sneak it home. Exactly. So... And she made her last appearance in the first episode of season 8, right, when they... No, she comes back in season 12. Well, yeah. one episode. But one of her last appearances is on season A when she rescues Sarah and me and Nick is throwing water over Sarah because of the sunburns while Sophie is on the phone calling for a Maddie back. Yeah, and in I this think... episode Sarah is thirty-five. Yeah, and I remember that we had to do a whole math equation to figure it out when she and Grissom had man like what what was her age in 98 nine years younger that's 24 not 26 yeah 26 it's simple math yeah 35 minus 9 okay so I guess we're gonna have to address the elephant in the room right so they tried to make a, a love triangle between Sophia, Grissom, and Sarah. And me and Brie, we have different opinions about it, but it's it's sort of like comes from what we like to what we like to watch. But we're gonna tell you uh, our opinions right now. Well, I don't think they should have put that they should have fought it felt force the love triangle felt force why do i think it felt force well because i think at that point grissom had already realized how deep his feelings for sarah were now with his hearing problem out of the way because he did that that surgery to fix his his hearing 
I really think, I mean, I know that at that point he really, he still didn't feel really comfortable, still didn't feel comfortable into actually going on a relationship with Sarah. But I think he, after her DUI, he, he knew what he felt. I mean, he, they had that, that, that flame in San Francisco and there was no way he could keep that feelings at bay. And so, see, that flame, nobody really knows if it was a flame or not. Because well, everybody disagrees with that. Even the writers, Kat and Raylan Peterson and George Fox, even they in interviews disagree of the, on that. Well, on the, on the interview... Uh, it says something happened, but William says nothing happened. I mean, can somebody please tell me what happened then? Like, please? Only person I would believe is Zyker. Yeah, so, so Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Zyker, hi, hey, hey, creator of CSI, we're talking to you now. Please tell us what happened in San Francisco. Please tell us, please, please, guys, or please. Oh, was it a thing that what happens in San Francisco stays in San Francisco? <laughs> if you <laughs> look, please, please, just tell me what happens there. What happened? Like, seriously, what was it? So the reason why I felt like the love triangle was for is, according to Bree, is because I'm into mythical love triangles because I really like Twilight and I also liked the Vampire Diaries, even though I never finished the Vampire Diaries, but there, there are love triangles in there too. But also because I think that at that point, at that point, the industry of crime solving was really male-dominated, at least in the early 2000s, before crime shows such as CSI or Criminal Minds really, you know, put it in the, on the culture and how, you know, women were feeling really, were really influenced by those shows. You kind of feel like a man and a woman a man and a woman who have the same profession, even though this dead woman works in a male-dominated environment, they have to have some kind of relationship that is not platonic or a friendship. And we also agree on this part because Catherine only really had war, which never really happened, and Bartan. And otherwise, Catherine was friends with most everybody. I think Catherine never had a relationship inside the job because... Except for Vartan. Except for Vartan. But even so, Vartan wasn't working in the lab. He was. He mostly worked at PD. Sometimes he had to go to the lab, but he would mostly stay at PD. I think after, like we said in Catherine's episode, when Catherine's and Vartan episode, I think Catherine was too focused on her daughter. And when she was dating someone, it had to be someone from outside of the lab. Because I think Catherine agrees with Nick and the part of like, if you date someone who you work with, you have to have time for yourself. And I think that's why Catherine never really had anything. 
any relationship, deep relationships with loving relationships with anyone well, that works in the lab. Also, Catherine did say in season seven episode, The Good, The Bad, Demonatrix, Grayson started serving from the company in Peel, and that's just asking for problems. She said that too, Sarah. Yeah, and I, I, that's why I, you know, I think Grissom was just gathering enough. I mean, I don't know because I come from the belief that by the time, by the time, what's the name of the episode? Uh-huh, I forgot the name of the episode. Which episode? Yeah. Something- they get kidnapped. Grave danger. Grave danger, right. By the time Grave Danger rolls around, I think Grissom and Sarah were already together. Like, between, like, that episode in which, and that, they have to go to this hospital. Committed. Yeah, they have to go to this hospital, and I think after that, at some... You know, sometime between that episode and Grave Danger, they finally crossed the line and became a couple, even though we didn't really know that until season seven. So that's why I think... It is season six. Yeah. That's why I think that Sophia and Grissom were nothing more than friends. And see, that's... And that's why, to me, it's not a true love triangle. It's not a right love triangle like how a lot of love triangles are. It was more of a cute. Well, Sophia had feelings, but Grizz would never reciprocate because all of his feelings were directed to Sarah. And Sarah's directed to him. So it's not a right triangle. It was in the, a cute. Well, maybe it was like 35 degree angle because of Sophia. But for Grizz and Sarah, it was a 490 degree. Maybe we should start with the <laughs> <laughs> with the math analogies <laughs> but that's why to me it will because it was not a full love triangle as it because Grissom was not constantly going back and forth back and forth unlike most love triangles were when the people or the person who is the tip of it keeps going back and forth every few months well, the only person that Grissom was going back and forth with was Sarah. Exactly. I mean, if maybe there was a love triangle between Grissom, Grissom's judgment, and Grissom's heart. Yeah. Grissom's brain, Grissom's heart, Grissom's gut. Yeah, it still didn't stop him from being a dumbass. I think Sophia being a detective, one of, I think, the only woman who is a detective at PG no, at that point. There were some female detectives we just never really got to see them much because they were just behind the scenes. We saw them as extras in some of the episodes. Yeah, but I think like in the main storyline, I think so seeing Sophia there really influenced a lot of girls that watched the show. Well, actually, for probably a lot of the female detectives, the main inspiration was probably Olivia Benson. 
who's been a detective on the same show 24 years this fall. Well, this is a... We're talking about CSI. I know, but it's like oh, one and a half years compared to many decades. Yeah, I know, I, I know, I know, but like... And you also talk about Criminal Minds all the time. It's because, it's I mean, there, the point is, is that the female representation in this crime shows, I mean, there were not a, there were not a lot of female characters. Like, just look at Criminal Minds, they're literally just Three women. Nope. And there was for men. There was also Alex. I mean, but like all the time, and the like, we all we always had Garcia, so, JJ, and another woman. And it's also gonna be full. There's also full women in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I I know, but in this crime shows, I mean, women that wanted that want to follow this path. Seeing a woman makes them believe that they can also do that, and I think that's really badass. I think that's really great, by the way. I mean, maybe I'm just saying this from my own experience. It's because CSI inspired me to go down this world, and I feel like me as a woman seeing myself represented in this show is really important and makes me it makes me feel like I can do that but I just I think that little girls watching those shows back then if your favorite show was CSI and you saw a woman as a detective and you felt inspired by her But now the show is reflecting real life, which, like, like Georgia Fox said in an interview to the talk, if I'm not mistaken, that is reflecting real life, what, ha what is happening in forensics, and this industry now has a lot of women, which can be credited to a lot of factors, but I think that those shows that were mainstream media are the ones to blame for women going into those professions. Well, but Louise Lombard today, she she plays a character in After the After series. She plays a character in that series. I've and she also has for a couple episodes was on NCIS. Yeah, but I think now most, most nowadays I think people mostly recognize her from the After series, which was in One Direction fan fiction. I've read the first book. I think I read the second. Yeah, I'm not sure. After we fall. I and after we fly. Wow. No, I think I think I've just read the first one completely, but then I quit it. Well, ever since CSI, except for except for Graham, she's like a one-off character on shows. 
She's done TV movies. Yeah. Oh, she was in a Stargate. On the Stargate. Yeah. Show. Oh, in season 11, when Sophia comes back, she comes back as a deputy chief. Yep. We love to see it. That's such a badass. Love that for her. Love that for her. She left Vegas and she rose through the ladder. Which is great. I feel like Vegas was somehow holding her back. She, I think it was because of her family. Yeah, and also because she realized that actually wasn't the man that she thought he was. After what he's done to her. And everybody else. Yeah, but I feel like she didn't expect that from him. Yeah. Because... Probably they have been working for so long, and then she was like, well, I, I mean, he, this guy is my boss, I trust him, and now suddenly he's demoting me and putting me to work with this CSI team that he doesn't like. Like, make it make sense. Probably, Sophie, after what happened, Sophia was just like... What was the reason for that? Like, seriously, what was there? There was no reason for that. She was rising through the ranks. Yeah, and she, there was a lot of pressure from her family. She put in to be supervisor. She assumed she was going to be supervisor, but Ugly was Ugly then. He was not the Ugly that, that a lot of that people grew to love. He was... Ackley. Ackley was just Ackley. Well, Bree, what are we talking about next week? We're talking about the father-daughter relationship between Brass and Sarah. We have to emphasize father-daughter when we talk about something like this, or friendship when we talk about stuff like this. Yeah, because they these two, they had a father and daughter relationship. And I'm going to talk about how I think Brass uh, <laughs> threatened Grissom after she, after Grissom and Sarah got married again. I don't think Brass did. I think Greg did. <laughs> Maybe Greg was like, you know what? You were one of the best tutors I've ever had, you know. Teachers. Me how, yeah, one of the best teachers I've ever had teaching me how to be a CSI. But he also taught me how to get rid of a dead body and not being discovered. So you pull on one of those moves again on her and nobody's going to hear from you again. I am not a killer, by the way. Okay, this is... <laughs> Why did I say that? Well, so, uh... We love you.